Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I am so excited to be here with you all. Joining us live in the studio today, we have Brad Hansen and Jesse Welsh, and I could not be more excited to have both of you here. So thank you for being here. Thank you, you for coming. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that, Brad is a consultant who specializes in business growth strategies and leadership development. He has clients that include small startups and large publicly traded companies. His ideal client profile <laughs> includes people that are smart, nice, and have a desire to grow and excludes oversized egos, people who only care about themselves, and those who already know everything. He spent 22 years growing a company right here in the amazing state of Utah and was surrounded by an incredible team and mentors who taught him every single day how to get better results and be a better person. On top of that, Brad made it an important note that uh, he has made all of the possible mistakes in this area. (laughs) And so a lot of his expertise, he says, um, comes from knowing what not to do. And he hopes uh, to his best ability not to be a boring guest for us today. (laughs) So thank you, Brad. (laughs) I'll do my best. Jesse Welsh is the SVP of Education Health Catalyst. His own education and experience as a teacher and coach has helped him understand the relationship that can exist between technology and human development and learning. In his current role, he leads a team of product owners, instructional designers, and implementation specialists as they work with health systems worldwide to develop analytics and improvement literacy. That's a mouthful. Long bios, friends, um, because you have such impressive work. And, you know, a little bit of backstory. So for those of us who have been following since day one, you might recognize the voice of Brad Hansen. (laughs) He was the very first podcast episode that we had on the show, which is wild to think, Brad, that was like two years ago. (laughs) Crazy, right? How fun. (laughs) Oh, so, so excited to have you back. And Jesse, I was just telling uh, the folks here in the studio that we, I attended a, a UAS conference here, a regional conference here in the state of Utah and heard Jesse speak. And it was actually, <laughs> I love that Jesse was giving some insights that I, I thought were a little bit, um, what's the right word? Uh, progressive. I don't know. <laughs> um, but he, he, he challenged a little bit of higher ed and, and said, I think we can step it up. I think we can do a better job of making sure college grads are ready to enter the workforce and that we're aligning the needs of our students with, with what jobs actually exist. Yeah. So I heard him speak and I thought, gosh, gotta have him on the podcast. So you might be curious, okay, what's our topic today? And I'm indecisive. So we have like three <laughs> topics that I'm going to try I Love indecisive. and cram pack into a, a like hour and a half here. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited. So I want to talk about higher education. Obviously I'm passionate. Um, I have lots of feelings around the topic. I want to talk about technology. The past two years have been wild with COVID, but also we've been seeing a growing trend with technology for quite some time now. Um, And I also want to talk about the workspace and kind of what is the intersection of all three of these unique pieces and what does the future of it all look like? So lots to think about, lots to talk about. Um, That being said, 
I'd love for folks, especially those who haven't gotten to know y'all better. I want to hear from you all. Give me a little bit of a snapshot of your career, your, your education, and, uh, you know, why you're maybe interested in the topic. All of that sounds good. Brad, do you want to take it away for us? Sure. Um, <laughs> And I think maybe we covered some of this on our podcast a couple of years ago. So my apologies <laughs> for those loyal listeners, which there must be a bunch because I saw the milestones of, the, of your listening audience and so impressed. Uh, I, yeah, I was, I was one of those kids in high school that just had no idea what I wanted to do with my life for a career. I, I mean, I, I was a well-adjusted kid. I loved life. I loved, you know, many different things, but as I got closer to graduating from high school, I started to get a bit of like a almost this uh, like panic attack that was like, what, wait a minute, I'm, you know, I'm leaving high school and I have a bunch of friends that seem appear on the surface to have their next phase all figured out. Now, in hindsight, as I've had more conversations with those <laughs> same people, it's like, no, 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 we didn't have it figured out. We, we were just kidding. We were, you know, pretending. Um, and, and I can, I still remember being uh, up American Fort Canyon. I, I grew up in Highland area and sitting there with a, gr a group of our friends it was probably the summer, uh, it was either the summer before or the summer right after my senior year and just kind of talking about, hey, what's next? And, you know, a lot of excitement around, well, I think I want to do this and I want to try this. And I'm like, I have, like, I don't know. And what I came to realize is that's totally okay. But nobody was really telling me at the time that was okay. Um, I went up to Utah State, loved that. Hoot, hoot. Yeah. So that was a really good decision. Um, and uh, even that first, you know, I was like, okay, I'll go up to Utah State. And certainly after my freshman year, the, you know, the light will shine and it will be like, this is what you were meant to do. And I had your a, passion. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was an amazing, I loved my experience, but I still like finished that first year. Like I still don't have a clue what I want to do. And then I got into my second year, kind of same thing. Uh, and then I remember meeting and I wish I could recall her name. I don't remember her name, but I, made, I had a, a guidance counselor, somebody that was kind of helping me. And at that time, they were really, they were encouraging you by the start of your junior year to kind of pick a major, and which was, a, it's a fair thing. Um, <laughs> in hindsight, it's like, yeah, probably wish I could have done that like right from the beginning. But, and so she sat down and spent the time with me to really kind of say, all right, it's, you don't have to know exactly what you want to do, but let's start narrowing down. And so just that little exercise, I remember sitting in her office for probably like 45 minutes, like, okay. For sure, not that. Like she's like, all right, what about this? Nope, not that. And we eliminated and came down to this idea of kind of a business type of degree would make sense. And then from there, she's like, all right, so you can, you know, there's different focuses. And and I just for whatever picked up on the finance one, thinking, well, you know, if I understand how money works, then that probably is a good foundational, you know, discipline that could help me do a lot of different things. And I still remember, like right after, I'm like, all right, finance, that sounds great. She's like, all right, so she does all the little paperwork, and then she says. Yeah, the two big careers in finance right now are either becoming like a CPA or an accountant or being a banker. And like all of a sudden my heart just like raced with panics. It's like, oh, those are the two worst jobs <laughs> in the world. And not now, if any of you are getting into those areas, I look, I have a banker and I have a CPA and I love them. They like the work they do is amazing just for me. Sure. I just knew it wasn't going to. And she was again, the guidance counselor was like, don't worry. That's not that's not all you can do. There's a lot of things you can do. So that led to really opening doors for me right out of college that just kind of almost dumb luck being in the right place at the right time, having some great mentors. And I, you know, I figured out early on that it was helpful to have that baseline understanding. And then I also learned that, hey, and I, I a longer story, but sheer dumb, dumb luck became a CFO of a little nonprofit company. <laughs> dumb luck. Uh -huh. and, and, uh, and then I realized 
wow, I'm learning a lot. And one thing I'm learning is I don't want to be a CFO for the next 40 years of my life. So that allowed me to kind of like, all right, let's focus on things that I do find exciting and fun. And then from there, I had the opportunity to start up uh, with, with a few other people, an amazing technology company here in, in Utah. And then that led to opportunities to do other things outside of my CFO role. Um, but the whole experience was looking back like, oh my gosh, that worked out wonderfully. But in any given moment, it kind of seemed like a train wreck just about to happen. So <laughs> that's kind of my, that's how I got to where I am right now. So I love it. <laughs> and like you say, what's funny is this is so common. This is, this is the norm, I think. And we yes. don't always talk about that. I, so <laughs> I, in fact, one of the, my, the, the way we ended up getting connected, I don't know if you remember, was I was, before COVID hit, I was going up and doing some guest speaking engagements on campus at Utah State. And this was my topic. Like, it's totally okay if you are a junior or a a senior and you don't have everything figured out, be okay with that. And just look for opportunities to learn. And, you know, there's going to be great people and say yes to opportunities. And from there, you can kind of pivot and adjust and say, let's do this. And I remember standing in front of these classes and like, you could just see people like, oh, thank you. Nobody's really telling us that it might be okay. And there are, by the way, there's also a group of people that do have it all figured out and awesome for them. I, there was, that's cool as well, but uh, that became a big passion of mine is like just telling people it's totally okay. I love that. Love, love, love. Ah, so excited to dive more into education. Jesse, tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey. How'd you get here today? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I entered my undergraduate education as a math major because I was that high school kid that was this assumption of this is something I'm good at. So therefore, that's what I should study. And as I went through like my first year at BYU as a math major, I realized my studies were going this direction and it felt like the rest of the world was way over here. And so I completely like course corrected, maybe overcorrected and settled on being a sociology uh, major in undergrad. <laughs> And really from a, the basic perspective that just people fascinated me. So there was no uh, kind of career consideration. There was no, what kind of jobs does this open up? It was just, people are interesting to me. So I want to, I want to study people, study how people interact with each other. And so I did that. And then near the end of my undergraduate uh, time, went and served as a missionary. And I think for me, that was probably the big um, transition point or turning point for me, where I just got exposed a lot to the principle of, of education, developing, helping people to grow and develop. And from that time, that's been, I think, kind of my central preoccupation, whether that's in a, in a lot of different forms, whether that's religious education, being a math teacher in public schools. I've worked in residential treatment centers with kids that have kind of learning and other sorts of uh, cognitive and emotional issues. I've worked as a cross-country coach at the high school level, at the collegiate level, and, and now doing things around learning and development for small startups that are trying to grow, or now at Health Catalyst um, with a much larger kind of company that's a publicly traded company. And so, yeah, I think it just, again, it goes back to that, that kind of missionary experience where um, I just really started to enjoy that ability to take something that can be so complex and maybe even overwhelming as growth and, and learning something new or doing something new and enabling people to, to do that. Again, whether that's a 13-year-old kid trying to understand 
you know, FOIL or whatever and, and, and basic math or uh, an analyst at a healthcare system trying to understand statistical process control. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got to where I am. And somewhere in there, I went back to school and uh, got another degree specifically in instructional psychology and technology, which is just a really bloated way of saying like the science of learning and the development of stuff to make it happen. So, so yeah, I, um, I agree. I think that there's, uh, maybe I was that kid too in undergrad. Like if I would have heard someone like Brad say, it's okay that you don't quite know exactly what the future career is that you're kind of gunning for. I might've been the one to like, can I call it? Can you say that to my mom who's on the cell phone? I'm crying over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Um, just speak up. I've got her on speaker. Um, but yeah, that's, that's again, I think how I got to where I'm at. And uh, yeah, again, it's a lot of really different stuff, whether it's running 10K on a weird, uh, you know, golf course in Oklahoma, or again, trying to develop some analytic acumen in a, in a health system. But I think fundamentally, it's that concept of, of there's something for me at least very gratifying about helping people to become more today than they were yesterday and hopefully something a little bit more tomorrow than they are today. Man, I feel like I could not be in better company today. <laughs> <laughs> I already know we're going to go over time. So Lindsay, <laughs> shout out to Lindsay for all the edits. <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited. And I think this is a really good segue. Um, as I mentioned, I want to talk about education. I want to talk about technology. I want to talk about work. Let's maybe start kind of in this um, technology and, and how it's impacting the way that we learn, you know, because not that long ago, the pathway to becoming a professional was you went to college, you got the basic four year degree. If your profession required it, you went and you, you got a couple more degrees, you know, whatever it may, may be. And gosh, uh, you know, in 2022, there are about a million and 10 different ways students can get an education. And I don't think that there is as clear of a pathway as there maybe once was. Um, I think a really good example. So Marissa, I am very much like, give me the plan. I'll follow the plan to a T, you know, wink on my bachelor's degree, working on my master's. I love higher ed. My partner, Jesse, is just about as opposite as that. Um, you know, he went to college, got his associates and said, I want to start my own business and I'm going to learn on the job. And he spent probably more time on YouTube videos, learning how to do all of the pieces of a business that I probably have in all of my degrees. So I look at that and go, is there a right way to learn? Is there, is there um, value? I guess we'll put, we'll put higher ed on the, the hot seat a little bit here. Is there value in higher ed? What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, this is such a great question. So I, I, you know, I have five daughters and I've told all of them, uh, Yes, I love the college experience. The college, the that experience for me has a lot less do to do with actual like the learning of a skill set than it would have five years or ten years or you know fifteen years ago. Where that was going to be, yeah, you have to go have your college experience and you have to learn. There are so many other avenues, and in some cases, to be very candid, better avenues to actually learn a skill. But I still believe there's no better avenue than a university setting or a college setting to actually go out there and just learn so many life skills that are so applicable to the workplace, to life outside the workplace as an adult. And, and I, you know, I love that. And that was, you know, that was my big takeaway because as you can imagine, somebody who really wasn't zeroed into exactly what they wanted to do, pretty much the majority of my 
four years at, at Utah State, that meant that I wasn't spending a lot of extra time pounding the books because I didn't really find my passion. But I did. My, my grades were good. They weren't great. But everything else that I learned was unbelievable. Like just how do you interact with other people and how do you be accountable? This whole idea of becoming a better version of yourself was really kind of introduced to me at, at the university level. And I loved it. I thought, man, this is fantastic. We, and it applies, by the way, it applies. There's so much of an opportunity for us, I think, to dig into this about what, how do universities or colleges or higher ed, how do they tackle that today? And maybe what things could they be doing differently in the future? And the same or more is true of most workplaces because most employers historically have thought about, I want to go find a candidate. And my assumption is they're going to walk in the door and kind of do the job that I hired them to do. And it's such a weird thing to think, well, why, why did we think that's going to work really well? And, and the data shows it doesn't. I mean, that's why there's so much, there's so many people that aren't happy at jobs, so much turnover. All of these things lead to the fact that there's this huge disconnect between the expectation of an employer and the ability of an, you know, of an employee. So really embracing that and saying, look, as, as and the best employers, I see it, do a great job of engaging with their employees about, hey, we're, we want to be in this journey of continuing to develop you and your abilities beyond whatever you had when you walked in the door. So lots of topics, like you said, I have a feeling the hour and a half thing is we're going to, we're going to talk about that. I'm sorry in advance. Jesse, what about you? What are your thoughts? Oh, man, there, I, I'm, I've got a lot of thoughts that I, I will try to be like moderately organized about how I express them. There is, I think, a pressure for um, higher ed to maybe again in the context of, of student loan forgiveness, growing tuition rates, things like that, to demonstrate what their ROI is. And, and I think that that's maybe a valid pressure that they get. But on the other hand, I think um, in some ways we start to, to, let's say, change what the purpose of, of, of the university or, a high, or an education in general is. And, and that it starts to just simply become a job preparation forum that you go to the university to go and get your job or to go and get your career. And I think I appreciate that you kind of called out there, Brad, that there is hopefully so much more that happens at the university. Like there's, and, and I don't want like my, my own fanaticism to kind of come through, but, but there's a reason why universities have athletics programs and have spectators go to those programs. There's a reason why they have um, other things. There's a reason why sociology exists as a, as a major of study that, and it's not career preparation, like the, the career prospects right. of a sociology major are not great. And so there, again, there is this pressure on, um, on higher ed to say, how do you justify these students acquiring or accumulating six figures debt when all you're preparing them for is a 30 or 40K a year job? That's a valid concern, but it's also I think in some ways missing the mark around what are we trying to do when we go to school that hopefully we do go and take, you know, art history classes. We go and do, to, I took a history of jazz class. That was the absolute hardest C minus I've ever <laughs> gotten in my life. I never, I, I could have retaken that class, but I knew that if I did, I would have gotten a worse grade. 
but it, but it was something that was interesting and I think rounded me out as a person. And so, so yeah, there's just so much going on there that, uh, again, I, I think, I think higher ed is, is having a little bit of an existential crisis. I think that's a healthy thing. Um, I think it's, it's important that we're getting to this point of recognizing that, um, when you have a degree from Utah State that says that you studied finance, that doesn't really tell me a whole lot about you. That really doesn't tell me a whole lot about the skills or the mindset or the knowledge that you're bringing to bear. I might be able to look up a curriculum of seeing the courses you've been exposed to, but that's still reflected on Utah State and their program. It doesn't tell me about what, what skills you have. And I think that's where whether that's you know, some of these big technology companies like Google saying, oh, we're gonna waive the, the degree requirement. We're gonna focus on the actual competencies that you bring uh, to the table. And, and now how you try to pick that up, like, and, and again, there are, there are new companies trying to connect those dots, but you've got companies that struggle with that, that some that say, well, we're gonna do our, our really simple lean interview and just get a sense of who you are as a person and maybe we'll train you up, but that, might have some difficulties, or we're going to have this like 10 stage interview process and you're going to meet with this person and you're going to do this assessment. And then applicants say, this sucks. And so, yeah, there is, again, that's a real scattered uh, kind of set of thoughts on, on higher ed, how it prepares people for careers and, and the limitations. But I think the biggest thing is that this is I think in a lot of ways, maybe going back to that loan forgiveness and, and student loan issue, this is, I think, going to be a, a turning point for higher ed of trying to figure out what do we do and, and what is our position in the world? What is our position in the broader economy or society that we're in? And, and how do we get really good at doing that and communicating that's what we do rather than just simply resting on our laurels and saying, you know, everybody gets a four-year degree and that's what you do. Cause I think there's going to be some pressure to say that just doesn't mean as much. And, and again, we're, we're democratizing um, knowledge that people can go and look up YouTube videos. They can go to, to Udemy or to Coursera. They can go to LinkedIn learning or whatever else. And, and they can look at podcasts to get information. So. And, and in many ways, actually get a better experience of actually the applicable, right? That's, that's, the, that's targeted and yeah. absolutely. Focus, which, right. which is really, it's interesting because I, you know, I would argue that, so technology is a disruptor just in general, like it's disrupted, you know, so many businesses and we, and we that, you know, usually that makes the news, but I think it's been disrupting higher ed for quite some time. And yet nobody's, at least that I'm aware of, has really been like, wait a minute, this is also disrupting higher ed. And Again, I love it because when a disruption happens, it means that you have to kind of relook at the why and the how and kind of reinvent its, you know, the beauty of what it does to business. It sometimes is a bit messy and painful, but ultimately you come out the other end with something, you know, better. And that's, you know, my hope for the higher ed opportunity there. Oh, this is so interesting. And it, I love that you tied in the pieces of technology's role in this because tech you're right tech push it and and not just higher ed like you said several other places but certainly higher ed it's really pushed people to question what is the return on investment and this is such an interesting topic and i always come with my my career coaching lens of there has to be a job connected to the degree like for me that feels essential to the university experience um 
And, and I will say there is a lot of data to support that. Um, in fact, you know, I, I attended a conference um, and they looked at national data and they actually surveyed alumni five and 10 years out. And they said, um, was your degree worth it? And by and large, the key contributing factors were, did this impact your career positively? Um, now, but what's interesting, so number one, it was about career. But the second thing that people cited um, as like a key motivator for attaining a, a degree was they said, I want intellectual development. I want that. And so I think you both have brought in those key pieces. Part of it is certainly the career outcomes attached if that's what one is looking for. But there's certainly a whole larger space of, of growth and development that I don't think technology has always you know, been able to provide people. So it's really interesting. Again, if we, I could go down a rabbit hole for, for a couple of years, probably on the return on investment. Jesse, what no, are you thinking though? Just, well, just that I think that uh, you, you talked about like the, the career, uh, the degree attainment. And I think there's, you're a better man than me. I, I spent a little bit more time than four years in my undergraduate <laughs> studies. Um, but, but there are things that we do and classes that we take, experiences that we have in that university context that might not necessarily be immediately aligned with the degree that we're earning, whether that's study abroad, externships, internships, or again, taking that history, history of jazz. jazz. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think, again, that, that we can, again, I feel like if higher ed can be much, I don't know, like get a better PR person to articulate, yes, we are going to help you to earn this degree that's going to help you to develop X, Y, and Z skills that are going to prepare you for X, Y, and Z jobs. And at the same time, give you opportunities to be surrounded by 40,000 of your, of your, of your uh, kind of your students and your colleagues and be cheering on your team and being a part of something bigger. This and community, learning how to yeah. Exactly. And yeah. be exposed to Renaissance painters and be exposed to all these other things. Um, again, there's, there is a broader thing there that again, on the one hand, maybe is a, is a deficit of higher ed, like that it's, it's bloated. It's not quite as targeted as hopping on YouTube or to like know how to change the oil in my car, but there's an, there's an advantage to that. And I just think that higher ed kind of struggles to articulate that cleanly, that these are all the things that we want you to do. And this is how we can do both of those things so we can prepare you for careers and just round you out as a, yeah. as a human being. Help you be a better version of yourself, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like just generically, I think that yep. there is a real opportunity yeah. there. So interesting. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 